Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Missing the Apex. I'm your host Sam Fletcher. This week on the show, I talk Daniel Ricciardo going to Renault. I talk Pierre Gasly going to Red Bull to replace him. I talk Fernando Alonso leaving Formula 1 at the end of the year. Also, I have an exclusive interview with Motor America Stock 1000 rider, New Zealander Shane Richardson. We talk antics away from the track, his career to date, that win at Road America, and what's next for him. Also, we'll be previewing MotoGP, British Touring Cars, Virgin Australia Supercars, and Formula 1. That's all happening this weekend. Let's get into it. Let's start with Daniel Ricciardo. In the last couple of weeks, he has announced that he'll be leaving Red Bull Racing Formula 1 team and he'll be heading to Renault. He signed a two-year deal there. Everyone that knows Formula 1 was thinking Mercedes or Ferrari were sure to snap this guy up. He's just coming into his prime now. He's winning races. He's doing the right thing. He's gone with Renault. Now that I've done a little bit of digging, I don't think it's a bad idea. Now that I've crunched the numbers, I don't think this is a bad bet. Every time... Reno has entered Formula 1, it's taken them two years to win races. They came back 2016, sure it's 2018 now and they're not winning races, no. Let's have a look at the numbers. 2016, the year they rejoined the sport, they had three points finishes across the two cars, they finished ninth in the constructors out of 11. 2017, last year, they finished sixth in the constructors out of 10 and they got 10 points finishes across the two cars. Fast forward to this year, with nine races remaining so far, 16 points finishes across two cars. They might not win races next year. Renault is renowned for their extremely aggressive approach to their engineering. They're putting heaps of resources into it. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Shock news, there'll be more on that come end of the year. I'm sure we'll see pre-season testing and things like that. We'll start to see where they're actually at. Right, now that Danny Rick's off to Renault, that's left a huge seat available at Red Bull. There's probably only two realistic options for that seat. One being Carlos Sainz Jr. and the guy that actually got the job, Pierre Gasly. Carlos Sainz Jr. just signed for McLaren as Fernando Alonso's replacement. So Gasly's in at Red Bull for Ricardo. Right, now staying with Formula 1, Fernando Alonso announced that he will be leaving Formula 1 at the end of the 2018 season. Now, that doesn't come as much of a shock. McLaren has not been doing well in Formula 1 in the last couple of years. Started when they went with Honda as their engine supplier, didn't quite work out. The cars just don't seem to be there at all. Now let's have a little bit of a look back at his career. Currently, the only Spanish driver to ever win a Grand Prix. On his debut for Minardi in 2001, he outqualified his more experienced teammate, Tarzo Marquez, by 2.6 seconds. 2.6 seconds, that is massive in motorsport land. Started grid 19, finished 12th, that was at Albert Park, 2003. Became the youngest ever pole sitter and race winner, which was broken five years later by Sebastian Vettel. Won the Drivers' World Championship with Renault in 2005 and 2006, in the process becoming the youngest ever back-to-back and double world champion at the time. A highly publicised move to McLaren in 2007, and his second race for the team he won, its first race since 2005. He also won the Monaco Grand Prix that year and lapped the entire field up until third place. Third in the championship that year, tied on points with his rookie teammate Lewis Hamilton. They did a count back on race wins. They were even on race wins. They did a count back on the amount of second places and Lewis Hamilton ended up second in the championship that year. Right, that's all the major news topics out of the way for the week. Now let's get into my exclusive interview with Moto America's Stock 1000 rider, New Zealander Shane Richardson. On the line we've got Woolwich Racing Kawasaki Moto America rider Shane Richardson. Shane, how are we? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. What's been happening? 
Not a lot, to be honest with you. Just been packing and ready to head off to America for the next adventure. Yeah, so Pittsburgh this weekend, how do you think you'll go? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to going to Pittsburgh. We didn't have much luck there last year, but um, I think we can turn it around this season. Uh, it'll be the first time on the 1000cc bike riding at Pittsburgh. I'm not going to have a crew or anyone there, but no, I'm confident nonetheless. So you come from New Zealand, obviously. You're a Kiwi rider. How did the ride in America all come about? For a start, it, it all began with a, a good season here, basically, and then a buddy of mine, Seth, hit me up and said, hey, look, there's, I think it's like a $170,000 prize pool at the Daytona 200, which is uh, a 200-mile race around the famous banking of Daytona Speedway. We ended up um, getting enough funding together and, and getting all the resources together and got over there for that, and we had no intention of staying there. We proved to ourselves we could be competitive in America, so we decided we'd hop back on a plane and head over there for the uh, Moto America Professional Championship. So you started off last year running in the 600 class. This year you've moved up to the Stock 1000 class. How's that going for you? It's been really good. It's my first time riding a 1000cc bike in you know, my five years of road racing, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect hopping up onto a bigger bike. But um, no, so far I seem to have fallen on my feet. I think because I'm a taller guy, having a bigger bike creates a bit more room you know, for me to be able to move and, and put myself where I want to be on the bike. So far it's been a really good experience. Has it been hard to adapt to the heavier bike, the faster bike and all that? Have you had to change your riding style at all? I wouldn't say so much, no. I think I've started out quite tentative respecting it with the horsepower just in case, you know, it does decide to spit me off. But uh, other than the speed, you know, everything happens a lot quicker and all your braking markers move because you're going that much faster. It takes you that little bit longer to slow down. But other than that, you know, it's just the usual stuff you'd expect to have to be aware of. So tell us a bit about Moto America itself and, of course, the Stock 1000 class as well because these, these bikes aren't the full-blown superbikes, are they? No, they're not the full-blown superbike. Um, Stock 1000, particularly this year, is very, very basically off-the-showroom floor style of spec, whereas the uh, the full-blown superbike have, you know, six figures spent on them with electronics and data and carbon fiber parts and all aftermarket swing arms and, you know, all that kind of stuff you'd expect from, you know, a, a top-of-the-line race bike not available to the public. So your last outing in America was at Road America. Uh, there's been a few rounds since, but you've had a few visa issues, I understand. Yeah, that's the one. So our last round was at Road America, where I managed to notch my first win in America in the professional championship, which was, you know, a super high for us. And, yeah, like you say, prior to that, we had to fly home and since haven't been able to return to the country because of our visas. What, what did it feel like to win that first race in America? Um, relief, to be honest with you. We knew we could do it. Uh, we just... Never quite made it. We finished second and third quite a lot in the Stock 600 last year, which, you know, in its own right was, was awesome, getting all these podium positions and whatnot. But to finally get the monkey off the back and win one and prove to ourselves more than anything we could do it was, was a huge sigh of relief. And I understand you had some issues with a tranny in Las Vegas. Oh, yes. We, uh, we did have to tag team a tranny in Las Vegas in an Airbnb driveway. Um, you know, the amount of times we told the story in America and everyone was getting lost in translation. They're thinking transvestite, we're talking transmission. The, yeah, the Dodge transmission clapped out on us, and we're stuck in Vegas for a week having to replace it, basically. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> thank you very much, Shane. Uh, appreciate it. Good luck this weekend in Pittsburgh. Thank you. I'll speak to you later. Welcome back to Missing the Apex. I'm your host, Sam Fletcher. Now, for the full interview of Shane Richardson, keep an eye out on our social media accounts over the next day or so. We will be posting that. Now let's look at what's racing this weekend. MotoGP, they're at Silverstone. They're there for the British Grand Prix. Last year, Mark Marquez, 
He started on pole. His engine actually blew up with seven laps remaining. Rossi got him off the line. Rossi led most of the race. Andrea Davizioso, he won the race from grid six. Maverick Vinales, he finished second. Both of those guys getting past Rossi with about two and a half laps remaining. My prediction is Mark Marquez for the win. Andrea Davizioso second. And I reckon probably Jorge Lorenzo third. But I do think Cal Crutchlow will be looking for a top five. Last year he finished fourth. His best ever result at his home Grand Prix was second back in 2006. Now staying in the UK, British Touring Cars, they're at Knock Hill this weekend. Last season, Jason Plato, Ash Sutton and Tom Ingram, they won the three races there. Colin Turkington, he finished third in each of the races and he took the championship lead. Podium predictions this weekend, I'm picking current champion Ash Sutton. He's looking really good and the Subarus were really fast there last year. Chris Smiley, he's on a roll at the moment, taking his first British Touring Car win at Rockingham last time out. Colin Turkington, currently leading the championship, but only has one win to his name in 2018 so far at round four at Alton Park. Also on this weekend, the Belgian Formula One Grand Prix from Spa-Francorchamps. Last year, Lewis Hamilton won from pole, Sebastian Vettel second, Ricardo third from six on the grid. The Force Indias, they touched there last year. Just before Rouge, they did it twice. Podium predictions this weekend. For the win, I've got Sebastian Vettel. Second, I've got Lewis Hamilton. Third place, we'll throw a Red Bull in there, Daniel Ricciardo. Potential point scorers this weekend as well. I'm picking Leclerc, Gasly, Hartley and Alonso. Those guys could all be there or thereabouts. Who knows? We'll see. Now to the Southern Hemisphere now. The Virgin Australia Supercars, they're at the bend this weekend. They've never been there before. New circuit, of course. A little bit about the bend. The full circuit at the bend is actually the second longest permanent racetrack in the world behind the Nürburgring in Germany. That's 7.7 k's. The supercars, though, they won't be using that. They'll be using the 4.9k international circuit. It's in South Australia, not too far from Adelaide. Two races this weekend, my podium predictions, Jamie Winkup, Scott McLaughlin, and Shane Van Gisbergen. I think at some point those three guys will be on the podium this weekend. Other drivers to keep an eye out for this weekend, Rick Kelly and Fabian Coulthard. I think those guys could be in for a strong weekend. Let's throw in some South Australians, Tim Slade and Nick Perkett. On their day, those guys are as fast as anyone. That's all we have time for, folks. Thanks for listening to the first ever episode of Missing the Apex. I'm your host, Sam Fletcher. Make sure you go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Missing the Apex. I'll see you next week.